This podcast is brought to you by The Province. Listening to Keyboard Kimura, the official mixed martial arts podcast of the province. Here are your hosts, Paul Chapman and E. Spencer Kite. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Keyboard Kimura podcast here on Province Sports Radio. I'm your host, E. Spencer Kite. Not joined by Paul Chapman today, but joined by a pioneer in women's MMA, the Queen of Spades herself, Shayna Baszler. Thank you very much for doing this, Shayna. How are you? I am doing well. I have a very large cup in front of me that says, but first coffee, it is the go-to staple of every morning. It's the only way we can function. Yes, yes, (laughs) it's the only way I turn into a human. (laughs) You mentioned off the air as we were getting started that that this is a typical week for you because you have to head out for Vegas uh, for a teammate fighting that teammate, Marina Shafir, making a pro debut at Invicta FC 13. All the other horsewomen have fights coming up. So I guess my question to start is, where's the future for you um, in terms of your MMA career? Because I know there's some other stuff that we'll talk about a little later coming up. But but fighting-wise, where are you at? Um, I'm, I'm not done fighting. Um, but you know, uh, people hear the news about the UFC and they think that MMA lives and dies with the UFC and it's just not true um i i wanted to do some uh pro wrestling stuff and zufa kind of owns your soul when you're with the ufc and um so to have a little bit of freedom to do to do some fun projects in between my next fight we just asked them you know it was either it was either uh to release me or to enact my retirement clause and i'm just not ready to retire right so um uh, thankfully, they they did that, and uh, it's it's going to be some fun times. I, I I'm not done fighting. Um, obviously, I, I my last fight I uh, tore my ACL and I had a, a chip bone, so I don't um, I don't want to end that way. You right. Know? But uh, I do want to have some fun, and it is you know the truth is it is time to to start thinking about what other things I'm going to conquer. So. Um, kind of getting my foot in the door in some other areas. Well, we may as well pivot there now, since it since it is the good it is coming up and and it is something sort of local as well. You will be up here for July 11th, the ECCW Ballroom Brawl Four at the Commodore as a ringside enforcer. You mentioned wanting to do some pro wrestling stuff. How did you get connected with the ECCW crew and? And what can we expect and what can fans expect from a ringside enforcer role for you? Well, the thing about that is um, I, uh, Kenny Lush is a friend of mine. He, he did a show here in Southern California, and uh, he's a big catch wrestling guy. And, um, you know, so after the show, we started talking catch wrestling and, and, and getting some training in. And my, one of my coaches is, is Josh Barnett. And um, he's a big fan of his. He's probably the biggest name in catch wrestling uh, in the United States, maybe actively in the world also. But, uh, 
you know, um, he has a match with Bishop, and um, Bishop has got his Mandy walking around. And so, you know, I'm just there to make sure make sure that it's all legit and that uh, uh, no going to get pulled off. <laughs> and, and considering, uh, um, you know, I already mentioned how I want to kind of get my feet in the door in the pro wrestling world, and, and people talk about uh, ECCW being some of the best pro wrestling around the area, and, and uh, it just kind of worked out. It all kind of worked out. I called Kenny. He said, yeah, you know what? That'd be good to have some... Uh, <laughs> Well, and you had done the ROH anniversary show. You got called the Ringo for Red Dragon, um, and, and you guys have gone out and, and attended some some PWG shows. Obviously, we're at WrestleMania. Will we see the Queen of Spades in the ring in the future? Well, you know, I I know that um, I have to prove myself. <laughs> pro wrestling world there's there's uh wrestlers out there that have been doing you know that have been pro wrestling as long as i've been been fighting but um i'm reluctant to say i haven't paid my dues because i think the 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 work i've done in the mma world um you know i've paid some dues so i i I definitely want to see what other worlds i can conquer i want to i'm definitely looking to to jump in there and make an impact and, and start turning some heads. So we'll see. I, I would agree that you have very much paid some dues. And I think for yourself, probably more than even some male male MMA fighters that get the itch to maybe go and try pro wrestling, the catch wrestling background probably plays a big factor in that in sort of speeding up or expediting a potential transition because so much of it does translate into pro wrestling. Yeah, exactly, and I think that that's a thing that, um, uh, you know, I'm big on uh, um, knowing the history of, of, of what you're doing. Josh always says if you want to make history, you have to know history. And I think one of the things that really uh, annoys me about, uh, quote, MMA guys is that <laughs> people don't realize the history that pro wrestling shares with MMA through catch wrestling. Um, and it was back in the back in the carnival days, you know. Those those guys were were shooters and they were workers. Also, you had to do both right. back then. Um, and I mean, not to get too much into that, but uh, fast forward to today, and it kind of branched off into one way you're always working and one way you're always shooting. You know, right. Work is pro wrestling, and the, the shooting is MMA. Um, but it really annoys me when. You know, I'll post something about pro wrestling and I'll get a whole bunch of MMA fanboys that start like, ah, blah, 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 that's fake stuff. <laughs> like, you don't even know that that, I mean, the Gracies were running a carnival. They had catch wrestling at their carnival and that's the whole reason they learned, they can't, you know, that Count Coma came down there and, and taught them jujitsu. So, um, to say that, that, that there's no place for it. Uh, and I kind of want to get back to those roots to show you know on the on the opposite end of that spectrum um there's a lot of pro wrestlers that maybe don't understand that that shooting is supposed to be part of it too and i'll definitely show people what shooting is if they want to know what that is (laughs) i don't hide it on this podcast at all i i make it clear that the pro wrestling was love number one before mma came into my life 
And I think, as you said, and, and there's a bunch of, if people want to get some, some history and learn, there are a bunch of really good books out there that you can go and read, if you remember reading, um, that will sort of explain the connections. You could probably digitally download them, too, somewhere. You could probably or find digital you. copies, maybe <laughs> maybe audio books. Um, check out Amazon.com. There are some very good books out there um, that sort of explain some of those ties and those connections. Another one of your teammates that has sort of popped up in some some pro wrestling rumors. Um, there was some stuff going around recently about Jess, Jessamine Duke, and, and WWE maybe be in, being interested. Is there anything you can tell us about that? Well, I don't think it's a secret that we are friendly with the WWE, all four of us. Um, uh, we've been to a few shows. We've been backstage. Uh, I... I myself train often with um natty and and uh you know we've got johnny mundo i, I have all these we have access to all these guys right. train and um and all that so i think um it's not a great big secret that <laughs> if we could somehow cross over that way that they would be delighted to have any of us but right. um people have to remember too that it's not as though you know I think the rumor was something like if Jessamine loses, that she'll be looking to cross over or something. But people have to remember that, um, yes, shooting and working and all that stuff that I just preached about, but uh, pro wrestling is an art of itself. And right. um, on top of that, the WWE specifically is uh, entirely different pro wrestling. Right. Um, so I think uh, people have to realize that timeline-wise, it's not like she's going to climb out of the cage and be jumping into WWE. <laughs> Right. You know, it would be a wild performance center. And truthfully, uh, uh, um, Jessamine is like my little protege. <laughs> I kind of adopted her on the show as my little my little understudy. And so if you talk about uh, the easy crossover being through catch wrestling, you know, she's not she's... as experienced as me in catch wrestling. Right. But, um, so I think it'd be even, uh, you know, it'd be a bit of time. So if any of that were to happen, we're not talking <laughs> about like, like six know, months. We're month talking about a couple of years. Right, right. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll sort of pivot now a little to MMA. You mentioned, obviously, going to Vegas for Marina's debut. Um, you will be in her corner, I assume. I will be there to see it, and I'm excited to see her debut. What can people expect from, from the final member of the Four Horse Women to make their pro debut and, and get in there and in the Invicta cage? to 
Vegas, you know, it's like a four-hour drive or so from L.A. Uh, I have to go down on Monday and be with her during the whole week and do the weight cut. I'm actually not going to be in her corner. Um, she's having Josh and, and Batiste, but I am the weight cut fight week buddy. Um, and I will be at the show with the other uh, horsewomen, but um, uh, I, I think you know, I'm going to rub it in her face that I had to give up an entire week for <laughs> a really good fight. For her to come out and, and be in there for 30 seconds. I mean. <laughs> um, you, yeah. ma- you mentioned, Rhonda, obviously, and a lot of the, as you said, sort of expectations of her and and thoughts and things she says being transferred to all of you. What's it like for you as a veteran of this sport, as somebody that, as I said off the top, pioneer of this sport, been there, done that long before women's MMA was was cool and in vogue, to see someone like Rhonda come in and, and dominate the way she she has? Well, I think a couple of things about that is that um, Rhonda is a very close friend of mine, obviously. Um, and I am happy for all the success she's had. And truthfully, you know, I, as much as I've pioneers and people that know their history can list off all these pioneers and women's MMA, but it really, really was Rhonda and the entire package of uh, her her charisma and uh, athletic ability that um, brought women's MMA to the forefront that it's at today. Um, so I'm happy as far as that goes. I think the frustrating thing for me as far as Rhonda is concerned are fans whose history knowledge only goes as far back as Rhonda. <laughs> right. Um, and, and I think that's one of the things, um, like, I think that's why I'm kind of like taking the short little break from fighting and doing the pro wrestling thing because in MMA, people's knowledge of their history is as long as their Twitter timeline. And I think in in pro wrestling in general, and I mean, yeah, there's uh, you can find exceptions, but pro wrestling fans know the history of their sport, you know? And I think that I have worked and toiled and been considered the <laughs> next best thing and all this stuff only to lose a fight in UFC and it's like, oh, you're overrated and you've never done anything. <laughs> right. you're, like, you're like, man, 14 years because of, you know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's really frustrating that, um, and now to Rhonda's credit, she doesn't, she always gives me credit where credit is due. Right. And uh, as far as the things I've done and, um, you know, uh, a, a training partner of hers and, and, and considered valuable, but um, it's, it's, it's very much, you know, <laughs> Rhonda, Rhonda has done great things, but I think people need to realize that history didn't start with <laughs> Rhonda joining the UFC, right. what was it, maybe three years ago? Right. Well, it's it's the same as the UFC. It, it was there long before Forrest and, and Stefan Bonner, and MMA was there right. before... As we talked about, I mean, MMA, maybe not by name, but but in in practice was there long before even UFC won. So I've always likened you, and I think I said this to Rhonda when we talked once, you to me, when, when the Four Horsewomen thing came out, I said, well, Shane is the Arn Anderson, because anybody that really knows, yeah, Rick's the charisma, Flair's the charisma, he's the one that's out there. But Arn's the best worker, and Arn's the one that you really want with you when you got to walk down that back alley and deal with things. So I don't know if that that sort of 
applies, I guess, or or is is correct in your assessment. But that's how I've always looked at it. People that know know what you've done and and appreciate what you've done. Yeah, I think uh, we've always agreed that I'm the horn and Ron <laughs> is the flair of the group. Um, uh, we even told them that when we met them. So um, I, I'm okay, you know, I'm okay with that that role. Yeah. I, I, I know. I, I know the role I have, but I think it's going to be a cool thing, you know, Rhonda being the the uh, the front of us right now, the face of us, and I, th- I very much think Jessamine is the future, and uh, Marina conquering the, the other weight class, and then I'm just going to beat up everyone in the pro wrestling world, so we're going to be having our, our hands at all of the things. Well, and we were trying to figure out, I when. Ron and I had the Flair Arn discussion about you and she, and we tried to figure out who was who was Jessamine and who was Marina, because those third and fourth parts kind of changed up every once in a while. Have you guys landed on anybody? Have they picked which horseman iteration they want to be and who they want to be in the group? Well, I think um, originally we were staying with the original because I think the first picture that we took that kicked off the whole four horsemen. Uh, deal was the original four with right. uh, Tully and Oli. But I think uh, after, as time went on, we have decided that Barry Windham is a more Jessamine-like, seeing as how she's the tall yep. uh, <laughs> the, the tall one of the group. And Tully is a good fit for Marina. Um, I think Tully Blanchard gets kind of lost in the shuffle of, of maybe Arn and, and right. Um and I think Marina sometimes gets gets forgotten about, not necessarily because of her or or, or uh, her ability or anything. It's just because Rhonda, myself, Jessamine, we're all in the UFC, we're all in the right. same weight class. Um, so we're, we're the ones that we're talked about more. Um, but uh, you know, Tully was a badass too. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Marina very much. I mean, people are going to start talking about Marina. Uh, you know, a week from now, that's I, all everyone will be talking. Yeah, I was gonna say people are people are gonna find out how badass she is in about five days' time in Las Vegas. Just in general, as someone that that has been around this sport and seen the growth of it in general, both overall and specifically on the women's side, what are your thoughts on just where it is now and and what the future holds? Do we continue to see women really make a push and become? hopefully get to that point of, of being on equal footing as the men? Um, I think it's going to take, I think one of the reasons Rhonda is still fighting, and I mean, of course she loves it, and it's something she's done her whole life, and all that nonsense, but I think um, one of the reasons she's still fighting in the UFC is because she doesn't think there's anyone right now that can carry the women's division the way she has, and she really has carried it, and people will roll their eyes and talk about things, but truthfully, you know, she sells fights that we otherwise wouldn't be interested in, you know, that's the truth, every every time a fight happens, (laughs) even Rhonda helps to sell the fact that this girl could be the next, this one could be the one, this one could be the one, (laughs) even she, she will say it, and and, you know, Rhonda will come back to the training room and be like, oh my god, I'm gonna just trounce this girl, because that's the way we all talk, but... Um, I think that, one, take out the fact that Rhonda's kind of an anomaly in the skill set. She, her skill level is so far beyond, she's ahead of her time. I agree. In MMA. She, and it's evidenced by, by how fast she, she 
decimates everyone. And um, uh, I don't think that's a knock on the skill level of the women's division because before Rhonda came around, it was all of us there. It was me and Alexis and McMahon and all the girls that you see fighting Rhonda for the title. Those are the top girls in the world. It's right. not that those girls are bad, and, and you'll see it in forums and stuff. Well, the competition level, they all suck. Well, that's not it. Ronda's just that good. And um, so I think um, the fights and the skill level has always been there. I think what's been missing is the charisma, and, and I think um, that's something I have, you know, working with Josh from day one, I've, I've uh, been really big on. So I think that's one of the things that set me apart from, from some of those other girls. Um, so I think it's going to take someone who is dominant, and they don't necessarily have to be as dominant as Ronda. Right. Um, but someone who's a, a figure who's dominant and is charismatic, and they don't have to be um, a talky trash talker. They don't have to be, you know, they don't have to be Ronda per se, but they very much, and I think maybe Misha could be that. She's very skilled, and she, she has some charisma, but... Uh, it's going to take that whole package. And I think uh, me coming up, um, fighting throughout the years, there's always been this kind of under, undercurrent feeling in the women's division of like, oh my God, that theatrical stuff, that promo stuff, I hate that. And I was facing off and doing crazy stuff, that's so dumb. Just keep it real. Let's just keep the fights what they are, the fights. But I think that needs to change. Stop complaining that you're not getting Reebok deals. And start doing what it takes to set yourself apart so that Reebok wants you. I mean, you know. Um, and I think that once that kind of uh, 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 mentality changes, then the women's division will be able to carry itself outside of this single aspect. The case you made for Rhonda being on, on the next level and, and co- drawing sort of the point to yourself and and the rest of that group sort of below her that has been challenging is almost word for word out of a story I wrote following the SI cover and I got those same fanboy forum posts of ah they're not that good and she's not that great and and I've maintained all along that you don't get an Olympic bronze medalist that has been training her whole life and then say she's only beating these people that were all as you said, neck and neck, sort of trading wins and losses as dominantly as she has, and then say those people aren't that good. So I agree that smart people that I respect agree with my opinion um, and see it <laughs> and, and, and see it the same way because I think you're right. I think she is that anomaly right now. It's phenomenal for the sport, and we do need to see sort of, as you said, some more people kind of follow that lead and and we're not necessarily going to have another Ronda Rousey, but in terms of understanding everything that goes with it, I think she's one of few people in the sport today that sort of understands the entire package. Yes, exactly. And and that's exactly what it is. It's the entire package. I mean, there have been fighters as dominant as Ronda to go undefeated in the UFC however many fights. But they don't get talked about near as much because it's an entire package. The charisma, how you handle the interviews, the selling the fights, the catchphrases, all that stuff. She has it. She has it. And, um, uh, you know, I <laughs> I think I, I, I was uh, lucky enough to have Josh right. um, kind of coach me in that. And uh, it's something I've understood 
a long time ago, and Rhonda came along and she did it, and um, um, it, it has to get there. Josh always says, and I think everyone needs to remember this, that wants to think about MMA, and if you have dreams of being a star, um, people don't care about the fight. People <laughs> care about the story about a fight. And the fight is a part of that story. And that's almost a pro wrestling mindset. The fight is the end of a story. Right. Or at least the end of a chapter in that story. Um, so why? Why should I care that these two are fighting? Oh, because they're the best in the world. Well, great. So the next fight and the next fight. Why this fight? You know, why do we even care that Betch Kohei wants to fight Ronda? Why is anyone interested in that? Because of the story. It's a right. great story. <laughs> You know, right. honestly, no one, no one would care about that fight if it wasn't for the story. So, um, people need to remember that if you want to make a career out of something, you need to do everything at your disposal to to make a career out of it. You mentioned Betch Kohea. I wouldn't be doing my my job as a podcast host and as a journalist if we didn't <laughs> touch on it before I let you go. Rhonda has said. She's looking for it. I mean, 30 seconds combined, her last two fights. I think it's a minute and a half, her last three. She said she wants to draw this one out and make this as painful as possible for Betch. Is that what people can expect to see at UFC 190 here about a month from now? Yeah, you know, <laughs> one thing that people should know by now and that I can 100% stand behind is that if Rhonda says something... It's, it's, you can bet on it happening. Um, Rhonda doesn't want to finish this fight fast. She wants this to be painful. Uh, she, she's going to carry it, I think, as long as she can. And people kind of put a negative connotation on that. Like, I, I mentioned that to, to my dad, I think, and he was like, oh, no, tell her not to do that. And it's not that she's going to goof off or be unsafe or, or, or not finish her, but example, um, you know, Kat Zagano, she finished her fast and looked for the fastest way to finish her because Ronda very much respects Kat. Right. Um, but uh, this one, <laughs> she's got some real bad blood. <laughs> you know, one thing you don't mess with Ronda is, is her loyalty. She has an extreme loyalty to, to, to us, her family. Right. And, um, you know, when, when you go insulting uh, in that aspect, um, you, you can expect it. I think the only reason if the fight is fast is because Betch couldn't handle it. Um, Ronda's not, Ronda wants to make it as a memory <laughs> that Betch has in her nightmares. Go out and, and get some sparring, some sparring practice in, work on the hands a little bit, really, <laughs> really enjoy it. Well, I and, and I think most people in the industry are looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to Marina's fight uh, next week. Jessamine Duke fighting the UFC on Fox at the end of the month. And people locally better be looking forward to Shayna Baszler making an appearance at ECCW4 at the Commodore Ballroom on July 11th. Maybe having to, you know, handle some business outside the cage in, in Kenny Lesh's corner. I look forward to seeing you next week. Not going to instigate. There will just be only in retaliation. I just got to make sure Kenny, Kenny is safe. 
he's the one there to protect, so I'll be there to help out. Like. Fair enough. Well, I look forward to seeing you next week at Invicta. Everybody up here in Vancouver, definitely go check out ECCW4 at the Commodore. You can find out info about it online and at, uh, I believe the, the ticket sales will be through the Commodore themselves. And keep tuned to Keyboard Kimura on Province Sports Radio. We'll be back next week with a preview of UFC 189. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Keyboard Kimura, the official mixed martial arts podcast of the province. Read the Keyboard Kimura blog on theprovince.com, follow them on Twitter at Keyboard Kimura, or visit them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kimura. Kimura.